Time for Dodger Talk. If you ready for the brand new thing, let me hear you. We break down all the action and give you your chance to react. Tim Cates is great. LA's favorite son. 866-987-2570. We are rolling, boy, rolling. It's time for Dodgers baseball. All right. Dodger Nation. Dodger Talk is brought to you by Chef Marito. Seasoning partner of the Dodgers. By Navian Tankless Water Heaters. For endless hot water, visit Tankless Made Simple. And by Chevrolet. Buy new roads. And now your host for Dodger Talk, Tim Cates. And welcome in to Off Night Dodger Talk here on your home of the Dodgers, AM 570 LA Sports. Tim Cates with you here for the next hour. 866-987-2570 is our number. Jump on board. Let's talk some Dodger baseball. 866-987-2570. As Matt Money-Smith and Dave Damashak wake their way out of the studio. Have a good night, guys. We will uh, see you later. Dave, thanks for coming in. Uh, tomorrow, the Dodgers in Minnesota to start a two-game series against the Twins. Tomorrow, 441st pitch as Andrew Heaney is scheduled to make his Dodger debut. And then the Dodgers set to play the second game of this two-game series against the Twins on Wednesday morning, 10-10 first pitch with Clayton Kershaw scheduled to make his 2022 debut. But things are up in the air right now as weather is playing a factor on whether or not this game will get in tomorrow at Target Field in Minneapolis. The Dodgers and Twins waiting to see if the weather front will go through quickly or will lag on like it is supposed to in bringing rain, showers, thunder, lightning to the Minneapolis area tomorrow afternoon and evening, but then clearing up all day Wednesday. So we'll keep an eye on that. Keep it right here on AM570 LA Sports for all the latest of whether or not tomorrow's game gets in or not. Most likely, they're going to get this game in on Wednesday. I'm going to be honest with you. I think it is a doubleheader on Wednesday. They don't go back to Minnesota. They don't have a lot of common off days between the two teams with the season being sort of smashed a little bit, if you will, kind of crunched a little bit, having to get 162 games now into a tighter window. I know they expanded it by two days at the end of October, but no, they still have double headers they have to make up because of the first week of the season they missed because of the lockout. So there's not a lot of wiggle room for all these teams. And to find common off days uh, to have the Dodgers and Twins go back to Minneapolis and play a two-game series or make up one game, it's tough to do. So they're going to get these games in. They're going to do it probably on Wednesday. That's just my guess uh, based on the projections of the weather forecast set to hit there tomorrow night and evening. All right, 866-987-2570 is our number. Coming up, we'll have a farm report at 745. I'll give you the latest the first week or so of the minor league season, the Dodgers' top 10 prospects, how they are doing so far, who is off to a hot start, and who is not as far as the Dodgers' top 10 minor league prospects are concerned. But I want to hear from you Dodger fans in your level of concern after the opening weekend of this series. I understand it's 162. It's a long season, and we've played three games in Colorado. But based on the first three games in Denver, to me, a couple of red flags have gone up with this Dodgers team. The first is the offense. And this shouldn't even be a question. With the lineup this Dodgers team have, the Dodgers should really never have a game 
in which all nine guys in their lineup struggle offensively, have off nights, just not getting it done at the plate. Yeah, you're going to have nights where one or two guys maybe have a one-for-four night or an 0-for-3 night or get a couple of punch-outs at the plate and struggle. Or they struggle against a certain starter. Or maybe they just have an off day. Or they're in the middle of a slump for a series or a couple of series. It happens. It's baseball. It's 162 games. But there should, there should never be a stretch in which the Dodger offense is held to four or five hits or held to two runs in Denver like they were on Saturday. There's no way this Dodgers offense should not be able to string together hits and put together big innings against a team like Colorado, especially in Denver with the altitude and Coors Field. How many home runs did the Dodgers hit over three games in Denver? One. Austin Barnes hit the home run, the solo shot on Saturday. That was the only home run the Dodgers hit in Denver. Now, this isn't a team that's going to live or die on the home run, but let's be honest. A team like the Dodgers shouldn't go into Denver 27 innings, three games, and has scored in four innings. That's it. They had a five-run fourth inning yesterday. They erupted, or a four-run inning. On Friday, they had a five-run inning, and they had solo innings on Saturday. That's it. Four innings, they scored runs in Denver over three games. I'm not panicking by any means, but my ears perked up a little bit having watched this Dodgers team and what they didn't do over three games in Colorado. I'll give you more of an example. Yesterday in Denver, the Dodgers hit the ball hard early on. Freddie Freeman drilled the ball to shortstop, happened to be right at the shortstop who made a 6-4-3 double play. Then the second inning, Will Smith hit a scorcher, line drive. The shortstop made a great play and doubled up Justin Turner at first. It's a bang-bang play. Turner's going, thinking he's going to go into the gap in left center field. The shortstop makes a great play. You're hitting the ball hard. You're just not finding the holes. That happens as well. But what can't happen with this Dodgers team because they are too good is to not be able to string together big innings. Because this this lineup, we keep hearing, has no holes. This Dodgers lineup, where do you get a rest? You know, how, how many times have you heard a baseball person in the last month say, wow, one through nine, there, where's the outs? How, how do you get this team out? How do you pitch around somebody? Where is there a hole? Where is there a breath? Where is there a chance for to just to, you know, find an easy out? There isn't one. And yesterday, the Dodgers had eight hits, the nine hits, and finished the game with 10 hits out hitting Colorado. But they couldn't string together hits. And when the top of the lineup, which is supposed to be the, the, the heart and soul of this Dodger lineup, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Trey Turner, yesterday, they came up in key situations for the Dodgers. Chance to, to give the Dodgers a lead, a chance to maybe possibly put them on top and... and and put him ahead late in the game. And Mookie Betts in the fourth struck out with the bases loaded. Mookie Betts then with first and third in the sixth struck out. Freddie Freeman with runners on first and third into the inning in that sixth inning. 
The Dodgers' big players, their big bats, didn't deliver yesterday when they needed them. And for the series in Denver, look who did the producing. For the most part, it was the bottom of the order. Cody Bellinger was two for three on base three times yesterday, scored a run. Chris Taylor, a double off the wall, a couple of hits. Austin Barnes on Saturday had the home run. Gavin Lux on Friday. What did Luxie do? Oh, well, Lux the, towards the bottom of the order, hitting nine. Drew a couple of walks. One for two with the two ribbies on base. Producing. The bottom of the lineup is getting it done right now for the Dodgers. And it's only three games, and I'm not panicking. But like I said, my ears perked up when I'm hearing this Dodgers loaded lineup and the opportunities are there for them to bust open games. And yesterday, the opportunity was there, even though they were down 6 nothing, and got a gift from Chris Bryant leading the three unearned runs as he dropped the ball in left field. The Dodgers were right back in it down 6-4 and had a chance to tie the game, had a chance to bust it open and take the lead and couldn't, couldn't get that big base hit from the guys that, for the most part, they're going to be relying upon and are paid a lot of money to deliver. 866-987-2570. It's three games, but it's something to keep an eye on. It's only three games, but to me it was a little alerting to see Antonio Sensatella and Herman Marquez do what they did to the Dodgers this weekend. They got finally to Kyle Freeland on Friday, the second time around the lineup. They did what they were supposed to do. Saturday was a different story. Herman Marquez, seven innings, one run, held the Dodgers to three hits and struck out five. Mm. Herman Marquez. Held the Dodgers to three hits over seven innings at Coors Field. And yesterday, albeit you know a rough outing with the weather, the wind was certainly a factor. You give up three in the first, unearned runs with two outs. Julio Rios, a little frustrated, showing some emotion out there. You fall behind 6 nothing, but you did get to within two. You were 6-4. After a four-run fourth inning, you're back in it. It's Coors Field. We've seen weirder things happen in the Mile High City. But the Dodgers bats two for nine with runners in scoring position, left seven guys on base. It cannot be another year of feast or famine for this Dodgers team. It just can't. And I know they scored four runs yesterday, but be honest. Chris Bryant doesn't drop that ball in the three-run score. Dodgers are held just to one run. They're not, they're not getting anything pushed across in the fourth inning like they did because of that gift. And who knows what happens later on in the game. The last 12 batters the Dodgers sent to the plate yesterday went in order to end the game. They struggled to get hits even after Sincentella. Jalise Chassin, an inning of two-thirds. Ty Block, four shutout innings, one hit. It's early. It's three games. I'm certainly not panicking but you look at a three-game series to start off the season against the lowly Colorado Rockies, and things are not clicking early on with this Dodgers offense. Now, is that because of a shortened spring training? I don't know. 
Depends who you talk to, right, Dodger fans? Because there was only a three-week spring training, we've heard some baseball folks say the pitchers are ahead of the hitters. We've heard other baseball folks say the hitters are ahead of the pitchers at least the first few weeks of the season because the pitchers aren't lengthened out yet. They don't have the innings underneath their belt. They don't have the pitches underneath their belt like a normal spring training. And that gets me to this. Julio Urias yesterday, his first start of the year, two innings, six runs, six hits, two walks, a hit by pitch, and a home run. He threw 57 pitches. Didn't have the zip like he did a year ago on his fastball, and he didn't have any bite on his off-speed pitches. Wasn't getting any swing and misses or chases at all from the Rockies. He had a tough time in the first inning. He had a nine-pitch second inning just when he thought he was going to get back on track, and things really unraveled in the third inning. Here's manager Dave Roberts after the game yesterday talking about the performance from the Dodger left-hander. You know, from the velocity to the command of the secondary pitches, he just didn't seem uh, in sync. Um, so from from pitch number one, uh, you know, regardless of the conditions, you know, we still expect him to, you know, give us more length. But right there where I just saw kind of not really commanding anything, I just felt that, you know, get somebody else in there. Julio's not about excuses, nor am I. Um, I, I do know that I think he had two outings in spring training. So um, just the sharpness, even his last outing uh, against the Angels wasn't sharp. And uh, it kind of carried over to, to today. Um, so uh, certainly expect him to get, get on track uh, as we continue this season. Um, but today I just don't think that there was anything he could really go to and, and count on. Now, it's still early. It's the first start of the year for Julio Arias. It's the first three games over 162 for this Dodgers team. But again, my ears perked up a little bit. Uh, I just got a little little nervous yesterday with this Dodgers offense and the way they didn't get the big hits when they needed, especially from the guys they expected to deliver with those big hits at the top of the lineup. It's been the bottom of the lineup the first three days for this Dodgers team, you know, delivering the runs. Austin Barnes, Gavin Lux, Chris Taylor, the guys who have been providing those big hits. And the Dodgers now 1-2 and two to start this season. And they go to Minnesota to take on a very good Twins team over the next two days. We're going to get into this, Dodger fans. I want your thoughts. 866-987-2570. 866-987-2570. I know some of you are like, hey, Tim, stop. There's no need to panic. Nobody's panicking. Expectations are high for this Dodgers team. Their goals are lofty. I mean, we're we're expecting this Dodgers team to do big things here in 2022. And against the Colorado Rockies team that the Dodgers have pretty much owned for the last decade, they lost their first series at Coors Field for the first time since 2018. Dodgers lost their first opening weekend series since 2013. Not a great start the opening weekend for the Dodgers. Pitching, defense, offense. 866-987-2570. Are Dodger fans overreacting? Or because of expectations being so high, is it okay to be frustrated 
with a one and two start in what you saw over the weekend. 866-987-2570. Tim Cates, off-night Dodger talk here on AM570 LA Sports. Dodgers off tonight in Minnesota tomorrow to take on the Twins right here on your home of the Dodgers, AM570 LA Sports. This is Dodger Talk on your home of the world champion Dodgers. Follow us on Instagram at AM570 LA Sports for more Dodger content. The home of the Dodgers, AM570 LA Sports. night for the Dodgers who are in Minneapolis tonight. So they'll start a two-game series tomorrow against the Minnesota Twins. 440 scheduled first pitch. Dodgers and Twins from Target Field. Andrew Heaney will make his Dodgers debut. Dodgers' second game of this series and final game of this road trip will be on Wednesday. 10-10 first pitch right here on AM570 LA Sports as Clayton Kershaw is the scheduled starter on Wednesday. But again, keep it here on AM570 LA Sports. All our social media accounts, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for all the latest because rain is in the forecast in Minneapolis tomorrow afternoon and evening. It is supposed to blow through and be gone by Wednesday. We'll see, we'll see what tomorrow's game has in store. If not uh, tomorrow night, then certainly a doubleheader on Wednesday. It leads to the question is, why not build a dome in Minneapolis Weather, early spring is still cold. I mean, certainly it gets beautiful there in May and early June, and then it starts to get hot and humid during the summer months. And then, you know, late September and October, it starts to cool down a little bit. You know, it gets really nice there in Minneapolis. But for the bulk of the baseball season, the weather is a factor. Either it's really cold, rainy, sometimes snowy, we've seen it there, and certainly hot and humid during the summer months. Why not just build another dome or retractable roof in Minneapolis? If you're going to spend that much money on a stadium in downtown Minneapolis, and it is a beautiful stadium there at Target Field, make it a retractable roof. Put the extra money in, twins. That way you can enjoy the sunshine and beautiful weather like it's supposed to be on Wednesday. But if it's going to rain like it's supposed to tomorrow, you can close the roof and still play a game. If it's snowing outside, you can still play a game. If it's 105 out with 100% humidity in July, you can close the roof and play a game. I don't understand that at all. Of all the places, Minneapolis, with the weather being as far north as it is, it gets cold and doesn't warm up until you know late April, early May. I, I, I don't understand that. That's above my pay grade, certainly, but... I don't understand the thinking behind that one at all. Look what they did in Milwaukee, retractable roof. I mean, it's pretty much, you know, the the northern part of our country. They've got a retractable roof in Milwaukee because it's cold, snowy, rainy, but then beautiful at times. But then it can be hot and humid and they can close during the summer. I I don't understand the thinking of that. If It's one of those mysteries of why you spend so much money on something, but don't spend a little bit extra to do it right. 866-987-2570. 866-987-2570. What is your level of concern with this Dodgers team three games in? I told you my thoughts. My ears perked up. Having having heard and, and, and kind of seen what this Dodgers team did over the course of the last three days, um, certainly room for improvement in all areas. Defense, certainly. Uh, pitching, starting pitching in particular. And, and the lack of the ability of this offense to string together big innings. I mean, 
They were gifted three runs yesterday. Yes, part of a four-run inning, but didn't score after that. In the win on Friday, they had a five-run inning and didn't score after that. They scored a run in two innings on Saturday's 3-2 loss to the Colorado Rockies. Where's the offense? Where's the home runs? Where's the power of this Dodgers offense? Where's that Where's that? That 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 lineup that everybody's feared that there's no outs here. You know, they're gonna bat around one through nine. This Dodgers offense is so good. Where's there an out? Well, we saw them get shut down by Herman Marquez in the Rockies bullpen on Saturday, and we saw Antonio Sensatella and the Rockies bullpen yesterday do the same thing to this Dodgers team. Now, I don't know how long you can keep going with a truncated spring training and you know guy lengthen guys out you can get away with it for the first couple of weeks of the season and we can readdress it then but certainly you know not a great weekend in Denver against the team that's supposed to be one of the bottom feeders in the National League West one of those teams you've dominated for so many years I mentioned it earlier it's the first time since 2018 the Dodgers lost a series at Coors Field it's the first time since 2018 the Dodgers haven't gone there and won a series it's the first time in almost 10 years, the Dodgers haven't started the first weekend of the series of the season winning their series. So, yeah, expectations high, and I, I, I get the feeling talking to people um, and, and, and people on social media chiming in, you know, the expectations are so high. Maybe they're too, they're too big for this Dodgers team early on that one loss here, a series loss at the beginning of the year to the Rockies, and already it's panic setting in. Already it's, where's Freddie Freeman? Already it's, what's wrong with Mookie Betts? They're going to get right. They're going to figure it out. And hopefully they can start feasting on the Twins tomorrow and then get ready for the home opener on Thursday night against the Cincinnati Reds, which is going to be fantastic. By the way, that series against the Reds, I'm going to get into it in a few more minutes here, but a great pitching matchup on Saturday night. Julio Urias and Hunter Green. The young man out of Notre Dame High School here in the 818, throwing 100-plus miles an hour, got his first major league win yesterday. Pretty impressive. He made his major league debut yesterday, got the win over the Atlanta Braves, and he'll be at Dodger Stadium facing the Dodgers on Saturday night. All right, let's go out to the phones. 866-987-2570. Allen in Winneka. Allen, you, you a little worried after what you saw the first weekend in Denver? I am, and I'll give you two reasons. One, I think they're they're. I I know why they're one and two. One is because the the morale and the team chemistry is off after trading uh, AJ Pollock uh, on the eve of the uh, of the opener. That that's gonna that's gonna play into the next couple of weeks, I think. Two, no one is guaranteed anything. You know, everyone's talking about the Dodgers. They, they need to win the World Series. They're getting into the playoffs. is a foregone conclusion. But it's not. I mean, that's why you play the game. Did anyone think – everyone picked the, the Giants last year to, to finish last. Right. And look what happened. Yeah. So, you know, everyone's talking – you know, uh, uh, Roberts is, is guaranteeing a World Series. Everyone's saying just, you know, they're going to get into, into the playoffs. Uh, don't worry about it. Well, I'm worried. <laughs> yeah, I – I'm not overly concerned, but I'm disappointed in seeing what what happened over the, especially Saturday and Sunday, and the way the Rockies pitchers really dominated the Dodgers hitters. 
And if this just happens more and more, then we got a, certainly a problem to deal with. But, um, yeah, the expectations, lofty goals for this Dodger team. Alan, I appreciate the phone call. It has set the bar high. It really has. And maybe that's that's unfair to these Dodger players, but that's what it is here in 2022. That's way, That's what this Dodgers team has been built upon, the best of the best, bringing in Freddie Freeman, Trey Turner, all the MVPs on this team, Clayton Kershaw back, a 20-game winner in Julio Arias, Walker Buehler now the ace of your staff, and he struggled on opening day. The Dodgers bullpen being loaded. All these things that we've been talking about for the last couple of months and, and building on the the success of the last eight seasons, no doubt, in nine seasons, including last year, even though they didn't win the NL West, uh, expectations are probably at their highest that they've ever been for a Dodger team. And I think that's why when you talk to Dodger fans and, you know, I'm getting sucked into it as well, there's disappointment after three games. And you, you, you have to kind of put it in perspective, though, at the same time. It's three games. Things can change by next Monday. I mean, by the time the Dodgers have another off day on the 21st, 10 days from now, the Dodgers will play two games against the Twins and have their first homestand, which four against the Reds and three against the Braves. A lot can happen between now and then. You can rattle off a bunch of wins in a row, and then we're all looking at each other going, hey, remember what we were talking about when the Dodgers lost two or three in Colorado and they couldn't get that big hit when they needed it? Uh, yeah, things have certainly turned around. They can turn around fast for this Dodgers team. And individually, look how they've turned around for Cody Bellinger to start this season. Cody Bellinger had an awful spring training. He had an awful time at the plate. Looked lost at times at Camelback Ranch as he continued to figure things out and experiment with his swing and his stance and where his hands are and way way he, he comes through the zone. But Cody Bellinger, through three games, you know, he had a couple of hits yesterday, albeit a swinging bunt, his first hit of the year. That's fine. You know, you start seeing some positive results, and what happens? He gets a hit later in the game. He draws a walk. He's on base three times yesterday and scores a run. Can't ask for much more than that. You know, on base three times, couple of hits. That's production from Cody Bellinger. If he can string it again, do that again on Tuesday, and string together some more good at-bats, then you're, you're feeling better about where Cody Bellinger is at the plate. Max Muncy, David Vassay brought this up. On Petro, some money earlier. First three games, 13 at-bats. He's got one hit. Struck out three times. Not driving the ball. No extra base hits. And, you know, he's coming off a shoulder injury. Didn't have surgery. Rehabbed it. Maybe it's going to take him some time to get right at the plate. 866-987-2570. Dave and Sherman Oaks. Is next up here on Off Night Dodger Talk on AM570. Hi, Dave. How you doing? Hey, thanks for taking the call. Sure. Had a question. Now, obviously, I think it's a good thing as far as uh, the start of the season for the Dodgers because mm-hmm. they can't get too humble. You know, I realize it's a good wake-up call that mm-hmm. still, at the end of the day, got to play the games and you got to execute. Um, so, hopefully, uh, they're of that mindset. This mm-hmm. has brought them back down to earth. But um, my my question to you really is what I don't understand. I'm a little dumbfounded with the whole uh, a Trevor Bauer thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he obviously has been cleared of 
pretty much any wrongdoing with the exception of bad judgment. Mm -hmm. But when you look around the league and you look at other sports, like I guess it's Osuna with Atlanta, even Julio had a domestic thing. These guys, it seemed like they were playing ball, you know, the next week or two or in Osuna's case, maybe the next season. Um, Even this Deshaun Watson, you know, who's been accused of really terrible things by multiple people. The guy just signed a huge contract and he's all set to play ball. You know, what's the deal? Why is everybody hating on Bauer? Well, uh, you know, can you explain that to me? Yeah, I appreciate it. And it's not in the Dodgers' hands. That, that That's something that can't be emphasized enough. The Dodgers don't have control of the situation right now. It's a Major League Baseball issue. It's the commissioner's office in New York City. It's Rob Manfred and his group that are the ones overseeing this right now. And what is happening with Trevor Bauer. It's not the Dodgers putting him on administrative leave. It's Major League Baseball. The the Dodgers have no control of what's happening right now. They need Major League Baseball to rule what they're going to do with Trevor Bauer. As the caller mentioned, in the court of law, in, in our justice system, as far as being tried or even being charged by the district attorney's office, Nothing's happened. No charges are being filed against him. He was accused. There was an investigation. You can say what you want about the incident. But in the the eyes of the law, nothing happened where he's going to get charged. But the Dodgers aren't in control of this situation. And I'm glad you brought that up because I don't want to spend a lot of time on Trevor Bauer. But I want to make sure people understand that. It's not the Dodgers who have suspended him indefinitely or uh, administrative leave, I should say. Excuse me. And that decision ultimately what to do with him by Major League Baseball, from my understanding, it's going to happen probably at the end of this week. The 15th is, is when they kind of pushed it and extended the date to. So we'll find out by this weekend what is happening with Trevor Bauer. Will Major League Baseball suspend him? Will they... Look back and say, well, enough's enough. You've already sat out and uh, the games you missed last year and the uh, the games you've missed up until this point here in 2022 are enough. And now the Dodgers have to make a decision. Then it will fall to the team and having to decide whether or not they bring him back, buy him out, do whatever they do with Trevor Bauer. But at this moment, the Dodgers have no control of the situation. It is clearly in the hands of Rob Manford and Major League Baseball. They are the ones who will make a decision here at the end of this week. Speaking of this week, the Dodgers on Thursday will start their first homestand of the year, their home opener against the Cincinnati Reds. 7-10 first pitch right here in AM570 LA Sports. We've got tickets we're giving away tomorrow, Wednesday, and then from 9 to noon, myself and Steve Sachs will be on, and we'll have the final pair of tickets to opening night to give away right here on your home of the Dodgers, AM570 LA Sports. Looking forward to the ceremonies on the field and the great just ambiance of Dodger Stadium, not only for a home opener, but just having baseball back and a full crowd inside Dodger Stadium in April for baseball. Friday night, Jackie Robinson Day across baseball, Jackie Robinson Jersey night at Dodger Stadium. Saturday, I mentioned the pitching matchup. The pitching matchup is going to be fantastic on Saturday. 7-10 first pitch. Julio Urias scheduled to go for the Dodgers. And young Hunter Green, the right-hander at Notre Dame High School, 
made his major league debut against the Braves over the weekend, got the win, was pitching over 100 miles an hour with that fastball. He's scheduled to go on Saturday against the Dodgers on Maury Wills' bobblehead night. And then Sunday, in the finale of the four-game series, Viva Los Dodgers, kids run the bases, a 110 first pitch, Dodgers and Reds. And then the Dodgers will continue the homestead against the Atlanta Braves. Will Smith bobblehead night, hooded sweatshirt night on Tuesday the 19th, and then a day game next Wednesday the 20th, Dodgers and Braves. So the defending champion Atlanta Braves, the team that knocked the Dodgers out of the NLCS, will be in town. Freddie Freeman's former team will be in town Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday next week. But first up, the Cincinnati Reds for a four-game series beginning Thursday night. 866-987-2570. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll get to more of your phone calls and to get you a farm report. We're about a week into the minor league season. From AAA down to A-ball. From Oklahoma City down to Rancho Cucamonga. I'm going to tell you how the Dodgers' top 10 prospects are doing the first week or so of the minor league season. Who's off to a hot start? And who's not? We'll get you a farm report, your phone calls before the top of the hour. It's off night Dodger talk. Tim Cates. With you until 8 o'clock here on your home of the Dodgers, AM570 LA Sports. Don't miss a moment of world champion Dodger talk. Your chance to talk about the world champs is here. 866-987-2570. Hear past episodes of Dodger talk on the iHeartRadio app. Off night for the Dodgers who are in Minneapolis enjoying the day. The Mall of America, David Vazze, our Dodger insider, was at the mall today. Said he ran into a lot of Dodger players making their way through the Mall of America. They're in Minneapolis. Tomorrow, the Dodgers will start a two-game series against the Twins. First pitch scheduled for 440. Andrew Heaney will get the start for the Dodgers. Keep it here on AM570 LA Sports. And check out all our social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for all the latest. Because weather could be a factor tomorrow for this first game in Minnesota as the uh, rain is scheduled to come through Minneapolis tomorrow. Thunderstorms, lightning expected in the late afternoon and into the evening before clearing up on Wednesday. So we'll see if they push the game to a doubleheader on Wednesday or not or try to get it in, wait it out. We'll find out. But rain is in the forecast for Minneapolis tomorrow. Let's go to Joe in Mission Viejo. You are next up on Off Night Dodger Talk here on AM570. How you doing, Joe? I'm doing good, Tim. I just wanted to say my big it's two part mm-hmm. concerns. Okay. One is I'm I'm concerned about Mookie Betts. He seems to be swinging and missing a lot of pitches, where he used to always never miss a pitch in the strike zone. And also, I'm worried about the way the Dodger team batting averages is against curveballs. Yeah, like that's... it was below 200 last year. Yeah, that's something Rick Monday dug into, Joe, and I appreciate it. Thanks for bringing that up, actually, because Rick Monday mentioned it on the broadcast over the weekend. Uh, he did some digging into the numbers, and the Dodgers were one of the two worst teams in the National League as far as hitting off-speed pitches, in particular against the curveball. And as Joe mentioned, it was like under 160, 162, maybe right around there, um, is what the Dodgers hit last year against the curveball. And Rick mentioned it, you know, don't don't be shocked if that is what, you know, opposing teams try to do is, is you know, throw curveballs, off-speed pitches to the Dodgers, see if they'll chase out of the strike zone. And we saw it a couple of times over the weekend, and I think Mookie Betts is an example of that. Yesterday, Mookie Betts let off the game with the hit. 
and then a 6-4-3 double play ended that threat real quick in the top half of the first inning. He didn't have a hit the rest of the game. In fact, he struck out three more times. And as I mentioned earlier, he struck out with the bases loaded in the fourth, and he struck out with runners on first and third and one out in the sixth inning. On Friday, Mookie Betts on base with a double. Had a had an RBI. But also, Mookie Betts struck out twice on Friday. Was 0 for 4, excuse me, 1 for 4 on Saturday in the loss to the Rockies. At the top of the lineup, he's a guy who does a really good job of getting on base and setting the table for this Dodgers team. But the first three games, on base to lead off the game yesterday, as I mentioned, but then doubled up on the 6-4-3 double play. One RBI, one extra base hit in the weekend series against Colorado. I think I think overall, and not to, not to pick on Mookie by any means, my expectations, and I don't think I'm alone in this, Dodger fans, my thought was going into this series in Colorado. And maybe my expectations and, and what I thought were too much. But I thought Rockies, three games, start the season, this lineup, mm, they're going to score eight, nine, ten runs. I mean, we're going to see guys go yard left and right. It's going to be home run stinking derby at Coors Field. I mean, they're going to have to find more humidors for those baseballs because they'll be hitting so many of them out of the park. I mean, it's going to be high-scoring games. The Dodgers pitchers will shut down the Rockies' offense. But the opposite happened. The Dodgers' offense struggled against Marquez and Sintatella, and they lose two or three, and they hit one home run in the three games at Coors Field and didn't have a lot of extra base hits. Chris Taylor had one off the wall. Mookie Betts had a double uh, to left field. Uh, outside of that, there wasn't a lot of baseballs flying out of Coors Field for the Dodgers over the weekend. All right, before we get back out to your phone calls, let's go down the farm. Get you an update on the Dodgers' top 10 prospects, how they're doing the first week or so of the minor league baseball season. The Dodgers' top prospect, Diego Cartaya, the 20-year-old catcher playing in Rancho Cucamonga. And I cannot stress it enough. Get out to Rancho Cucamonga. Go see a Quakes game, Dodger fans. For a lot of you, it's right there in the Inland Empire. For some of you in the San Gabriel Valley, it's a 20-minute drive. For those of you closer to downtown L.A., the L.A. area, the basin, it's an hour drive. Go see Diego Cartaya and the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes. It's affordable, it's baseball, it's Dodger prospects, and you're going to see some of the better ones, especially Diego Cartaya, the 20-year-old catcher. Eight at-bats already. He's already got a home run for the Quakes. Bobby Miller, certainly know his name now, made a start against Amarillo. That's going to happen tomorrow for the 23-year-old right-hander who started the year in Double A Tulsa. Miguel Vargas. The 22-year-old Cuban third baseman starting the season in AAA Oklahoma City. The Dodgers' number three overall prospect through five games has a home run off to a decent start. Former first-round pick Michael Bush, the 24-year-old second baseman in AA Tulsa. The Dodgers' number four overall prospect, three games, two for 11, a double, four walks, getting on base. Andy Pagas, the 21-year-old outfielder in AA Tulsa. Three games. Three RBIs, five walks so far for the 21-year-old outfielder. Ryan Pepio. Ryan Pepio is off to a fantastic start in AAA Oklahoma City. The Dodgers' number five overall prospect and a guy who, quite frankly, could be the first guy up when the Dodgers need an arm. Ryan Pepio. Two starts, seven and two-third innings combined, 
no runs. He's allowed one hit in two starts and struck out seven. Alex Freeman, the voice of the Oklahoma City Dodgers, tweeted out a couple of days ago, Ryan Pepio looks polished. Ryan Pepio looks more confident than he remembers him from a year ago in his brief time in AAA. He was glowing about Ryan Pepio in his first two starts. Landon Knack has yet to start the season. Slow ramp up for the Dodger right-handed prospect. Andre Jackson, we saw him with the Dodgers last year. Top 10 Dodger prospect, the 26-year-old in AAA Oklahoma City. One start, three innings, no runs, no hits. Has walked four, a little bit of command issue there. Maddox Bruns, the 20-year-old left-hander, first-round pick of the Dodgers in Rancho Cucamonga. One start, only two innings, no runs, one hit, four punch-outs in the two innings for Maddox Bruns, the former first-round pick just a year ago for the Dodgers. So there you go, the Dodgers' top 10 minor league prospects from AAA Oklahoma City. Ryan Pepio sit down to Rancho Cucamonga with Maddox Bruns and Diego Cartaya. Again, I cannot encourage you enough. If you're a baseball fan, it's an off night for the Dodgers. Go to the Quakes website. Check it out. See if they got a game that's on a night that works for you, a weekend that works for you. Minor league baseball is awesome. Check it out. It's not just in small town America. It's right here in Southern California in the Dodgers A-ball affiliate, the Quakes. Both Cody Bellinger was there a few years ago. It's where they start. It's where they go through. Our friend Clow knows all about that. She's part of the fan club out there. Booster club for the Quakes. Diego Cartaya is a stud. He's going to be with the Dodgers and could be their catcher for years to come. He's in Rancho right now with the Quakes. Check him out. Please, Dodger fans, go out and check him out. The Rancho Cucamonga Quakes. All right. Isabel, Anaheim, Izzy, you're going to be our final call tonight. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing better than yesterday, but you're right. It's, this thing frustrates me about yesterday. I was complaining about the the pitcher not keeping an eye on the bases. It's frustrating me just like last year. Mm-hmm. And we've been through this already. I am just so frustrated with this team sometimes. It's just, yeah, I mean, seriously, yeah. if I had the money, I would go to Minnesota right now and tell them off. All right. Let's temper that a little bit. Let's temper that anger just a little bit. Expectations I know are high for this Dodgers team, but they're not going to win 162 games. They're not going to go 160 and two. Uh, They're going to lose games. They're going to lose series. I think we're just all a little bit caught off guard that they lost two or three in Denver to the Rockies, a team they have pretty much controlled, dominated, owned over the last six years. And to see the Dodgers, Offense struggle to see the starters not go deep and really struggle with their command. Walker Bueller and then Julio Arias yesterday has many hits given up that outs that he got. Six. Gave up six hits and got six outs and showed some frustration yesterday on the mound. I think it's the first time in a long time we've seen Julio Arias show frustration on the mound or show emotion on the mound. You don't seem to get too high. You never seem to get too low, but you can definitely see yesterday the frustration with Julio Rios after the uh, play in left field led to three air, three innings, excuse me, three runs in the first inning after they gotten two outs. He could have got out of that first inning with zero runs given up. Instead, the floodgates open after the misplay by Chris Taylor in left field, three runs scored. And he came back in the second inning, nine pitches, had a really solid second inning, and you kind of felt, all right, he's back on track. You know, the defense didn't help him out, but he's good. He's all right now. He's back. He's, he's going he's gonna to start going through this lineup now. And in the third inning, 
you know, the third inning was a disaster for Julio Urias yesterday. The Dodger left-hander came out, walk, home run, hit by pitch, walk, not even close, by the way, that second walk of the inning, RBI single, and without even recording it out in the third, Dave Roberts came out and took him. Mitch White got the ball and actually pitched well the next three-plus innings for the Dodgers. So they need to regroup and get ready for the Minnesota Twins. Tomorrow in Minneapolis, Target Field, 440 first pitch is when it's scheduled. Andrew Heaney slotted to go for the Dodgers. Keep it here on AM570. Again, keep it on all our social media accounts as well for an update. Rain is in the forecast tomorrow afternoon and evening in Minneapolis, so we'll see what happens with the game. They'll play two in Minnesota before returning home for their home opener Thursday night against the Cincinnati Reds. We're giving away tickets the rest of the week leading up to Thursday night's game. Thanks to Ronnie Fossil. Thanks to all you Dodger fans for being a part of their show. David Vasse and I will be back tomorrow with Morongo Casino. Dodgers on deck. That starts at 3.30, 4.40, scheduled first pitch. Dodgers and the Twins. Coming up next, the Jason Smith Show right here on AFI 70 LA Sports. So long, everybody. When you want Dodgers, the only home is AM 570 LA Sports.